My name is John or JT, if we haven't had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, it's nice to meet you. It's great to be with you. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Whitewater. So uh, I did. I, I did see a lot of kids running around um, in costumes. Uh, y'all look great. I saw a couple of adults with some strong uh, wardrobe choices today, too. Uh, we're just going to say those are costumes as well. So I saw uh, Steelers jerseys. I'm not sure what to do with that. Um, but, you know, Jesus loves you. We're, we're going to get through this together. I see you. I see you today. I also see Browns jerseys, too. So thank you for that. Uh, so I have a confession to make. Uh, I love giving candy out at trick-or-treat, all right? I, I love it. Um, h- how many of you are going trick-or-treating today uh, or taking your kids trick-or-treating? Like, it's okay. You're allowed to raise your hand. It's not a trick question. I know some of you maybe grew up in a church who was like, eh, are we allowed to go there? But we keep that on the down low. Like, like it's okay. You're going trick-or-treating today, right? That's a, that's a good thing. Well done, you. Um, not a trick question. I love giving out candy. I love seeing like what everybody dresses up as, you know, again, some, some of the costumes that show up to your door, like ridiculously cute. Others are like, man, that's a strong choice. Um, I like strong choices. Uh, strong choices are good. Um, I just want to real, it's like, this is going to like jump into the deep end and then we'll back out and then back into the deep end. A little, uh, just heart to heart. Uh, cause this is a burden on my heart. Um, Today, there's going to be some older kids, um, some teens maybe, older teens. They're going to show up at your door, you know, and, and they're going to be, you know, with some friends trick-or-treating. Um, can, can, can just, just please refrain, hold back from saying, like, aren't you a little old to be trick-or-treating? You know, like, you know how you do, you know? Like, let's just, let, let, because, listen, they could be doing a lot of other things, Right? They could be doing a lot of other things, right? Like, like get, drinking your booze in the basement, don't act like you ain't got it. Kelly and I looked at a lot of houses on the west side trying to buy, and they all got booze in the basement. Okay? Okay? Your kids could be drinking, they could make it out in the car right now, you're doing both at the same time. Look, they could be doing a lot of kids so, for the sake of showing a little love to the neighbors that will walk the streets today. Give up the Snickers bar, and let them hold on to another year of their innocence, okay? Amen? There you have it, sermon over. I just, like, it's a, you, you would love that, wouldn't you? Like, that would be the best treat or trick you could get. <laughs> I'm sorry, you ain't off the hook that easy. Listen, if this is your first time here, I just want to welcome you to the island of misfit toys, Okay? That just really is. There's, there's no better way to explain this crazy group of people that's coming together. All right? We're all just a, a, little, a little messed up around here, and we're okay with that. Um, we find grace in the message of Christ, and I love that. Um, we're in this teaching series called A Better Way, and, and we're just trying to navigate and wrestle with some of the realities that we live in right now. The realities of, of, of there's just so much tension. And how do we navigate that? The reality of all the finger pointing, right, uh, the judging, the tension and irritation and division. Like, like there's got to be a better way, right? Everybody say better way. Better way. There's got to be a better Halloween costume than Chucky, okay? <laughs> if you grew up in the 80s, listen, you don't understand. I, that, that little boy terrifying. 
to, listen, Kelly and I, we, we handed out candy over uh, the trunk or treat at Three Rivers, and, and it was awesome. And, and, and I was amazed and terrified at the number of kids dressed up as Chucky. If you dressed up as Chucky today, and your parents dressed you up as Chucky, if you, oh man, listen, I can't. I just can't. I have nightmares just thinking about the nightmares that I had growing up looking at that little Chucky kid, all right? For days, not today, Satan, okay, that little doll coming to life. Uh, Chucky was number 10 on the most bought costumes of this year. Like, come on, of all the costumes, Chucky. So Google released this whole thing, maybe you saw it, you know, and it was like the top costumes, you know, based on like sales throughout the U.S., right? Uh, Cruella DeVille, uh, anybody dress the kids up like Cruella DeVille this year? Uh, number five on the list, number five on the list. Uh, what do you think number one was? Taco Bell. Taco Bell was not number one. <laughs> this is coming from the same kid who didn't answer any of the trivia questions right <laughs> last week. So there's, my goodness, that, I'm going to get mileage on that joke. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Oh, a witch. Uh, that, that's it, a witch. I mean, basic, right? Basic. Ba- but you know what? You can't go wrong with a classic. Number one on the list, right? Uh, Batman, you know I love me, me some Batman. Batman was number 26. I'm not okay with that, all right? I'm not okay with that. Buy some right now. We're going to change that. Get, get, get your phone out. Get on it. The Joker was number 21. What kind of world do we live in where more people want to dress up like the Joker than Batman? There's got to be a better way. There's a better way. Uh, uh, we're in our uh, Matthew 7, uh, as we're navigating this whole better way, and, 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 and we're winding down on the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, and Jesus is giving this whole better way, and, and he's winding down his message. He's wrapping things up. And, and he gets to this point where it kind of feels like Jesus, he steps up, he kind of takes a breath, he looks around at the crowd, you know, and, there, and there's three different types of groups that are gathered there, three different people groups, those, those who are following him, those who are just kind of like curious, just kind of on the fringe, like kind of paying attention, and those who absolutely oppose him, right? And those are the, the Pharisees, the religious, you know, know-it-alls, the, the super religious people, you know? And I, and I, I just want to say, I think it's safe to say that anytime Jesus people gather, you probably have those three groups, all right? So just know that. And with these three groups in mind, Jesus, he starts to be very direct in his final thoughts. And he shares these four statements that that all beg the question, are you in or are you out? Right? He, he, he's, he's set this whole thing up. Longest sermon ever. You think I'm long. Like long as all to get to this, like these four statements in the end in Matthew 7. And he says, are you in or are you out? Are you going to follow me or not? He says it like this. Jesus says, will you build your life on a solid foundation or sinking sand? Are you going to, 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 to love me or just try to impress me? Are you going to listen to teachers that make you feel good or a teacher who is good? And in today's text, verse 13, 14, he says, will you choose what is popular and comfortable or will you choose me? Will you choose Jesus? All four of these statements, you know, from Jesus, they lead us back to that question, what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? Not a rhetorical question today. What are you going to do with Jesus? Are you in or out? 
and, 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 and just being candid, there's, there's like implications attached to how we answer that question, all right? And before any of you get any ideas, you're like, whoa, this is a different side of John. Like, like, like uh, some of you may be disappointed and, and some of you may have a, a, a sigh of relief here. Like, remember, there's always three types of people in a room. Like, just so I'm never going to be one of those hellfire and brimstone preachers. Okay, that's just, that's not in me. You know, the whole like, turn or burn, you know, like that. I've seen those guys, they make a career out of selling fire insurance, uh, but they're not really good at changing lives and transforming communities in the name of Jesus. Um, but, 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 you know, just, just so you know, um, th- 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 there are implications to the question Jesus asked, what, what will you do with Jesus? But listen, approach is everything. I have no desire for scare tactics or guilt trips. I'll leave that to religion. I'm more interested in taking my cues from Jesus. We talked about that last week, his approach with the woman caught in adultery. Approach is everything. Meeting people where they are, letting them know that they matter, letting them know that they are loved, and building up trust equity to be able to speak truth in the context of love and relationship. So hear my heart, even as we dig into these very, very pointed statements from Jesus over the next couple weeks, hear my heart, this ministry is all about offering people a better, healthier way to navigate their lives, offering people hope for this life right now and the next. We cool? Cool. That side of the room wasn't, that back corner. I didn't hear any cools from him. That's cool. That's really cool. They're still hung up on the whole Pittsburgh Steelers jersey. Matthew 7 Verse 13 says this, Donna. (laughs) Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. Hold on to that one. We'll come back to that. Enter through the narrow gate, he says. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to where? And many enter through it. Many. Uh, But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to? And only a, only a few find it. Two verses. <laughs> and there's a lot in just those two verses. And, and a couple things just for me, they jump right off the page. There's two gates, right? Two gates, two paths. One is small and narrow. One is wide and broad. Uh, there's a reference to people in this uh, and people choosing a gate, it says many will choose the wide and broad gate, uh, popular gate. Few will choose the, the small and narrow gate. And, and then there's, there's kind of like a, a caution sign, a warning that Jesus says, letting them know like where each kind of gate leads. One leads to life and one leads to destruction. If, if I were to kind of like, you know, sum it all up into a like just how my brain operates, like this is how I'd say it. Popular isn't pretty. Now, I know some of y'all still in school and, and, and like those popular kids are sometimes always the really pretty kid. You know, like popular isn't always pretty. Just because everybody's doing it, you know, type of thing, right? Doesn't mean it, it, it's, it, it's pretty. In this section, Jesus is literally, he, he, he is talking about this better way. There's a better path, he's trying to say. But the better path isn't the popular path. 
And it's too bad that this Bible doesn't hold any relevance to like our, our, our world in society because we never wrestle with, you know, like not just falling into what the crowd is doing, right? We never, never just kind of have mob mentality. We never kind of just go along with what everybody is, is doing in our friend group or people group, you know. We, we never wrestle with like, well, because I grew up on this side of town, I guess that means we would never do that. We would never, like, we would never struggle with the popular opinion. It's a... It's too bad the Bible doesn't. So how easy uh, is it to fall into that trap? To just kind of go along. You know, you can, you can, you've all got phones and you can Google why. And you talk about, you know, why that is. Peer pressure, mom mentality, you know, it's hard to, you know, buck the system, all that. You, you, you can do that homework. It's hard to be counter cultural, to, to say things that maybe aren't so popular, or to choose an unpopular path. Jesus says that many people will choose the, the, the popular way. Um, he, he says that the popular way is broad and wide. You know, um, in, in one translation of the Bible, it says that that way is called the highway to hell. <laughs> and then, like, we should have the song playing, highway to hell, right? Like, we should have play. You, you, you wouldn't have known what to do with that if we did that, did you? you some of y'all would have clapped and some of y'all would have walked out. You know, uh, it, it would have been, the, again, three types of people and every time Jesus people, <laughs> there it is. But the Bible, you know, says highway to hell. Uh, th- think about a highway. Uh, you, you ever been in like D.C. or Atlanta or, or New York or outside of L.A.? Like, I mean, you get like 16 lanes. Okay, I mean, a big, think, think of that type of just, you know, eight, eight lanes on your side. I'm not talking about 71, 75 South where it all converges downtown, like trying to get across the bridge at 5 p.m. Okay, not talking about that. Still a nightmare. All right, been here it, it, now 24, almost 24 months, and, and I've n- still not seen what that is supposed to look like without construction. All right, <laughs> never will, I guess. All right. No idea. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those really wide eight lanes where you can kind of zoom in and, and then zoom around. Like, uh, anybody, uh, the, the non-rule followers when it comes to driving, like you just kind of like to open it up, you know, like, like that, like freedom to go just broad, wide path, lots of room. You can drive all comfortable as you want, any way you want, slow as you want, fast as you want. Awesome, right? In general, like the, the, the wide open lanes, man, it's convenient, it's roomy and comfortable. Of how, like, and, and who doesn't love roomy and comfortable, right? Think, think about it. Cold, rainy day, what are you putting on? Yeah, you got your comfy pants, you got your sweatpants, you got your oversized hoodie. Some of y'all, that's your costume today. Well, thank you for bringing your best to the Lord. You know, <laughs> you know like, like the roomy and comfortable is the way to go, right? Who doesn't want to choose roomy and comfortable? Of course, this is the popular choice, the choice of roomy and comfortable. But listen, Jesus isn't calling us to a life of oversized comforts. Jesus is not a Snuggie on a cold day, okay? He's not. Jesus will comfort you absolutely, amen, but he does not call you to a comfortable life. He calls us to a pick up your cross and follow me life. Of course, that's not the popular path, right? Who, who would want to choose the pick up and fo- your cross and follow me path? Who, who would naturally just choose that, the path that requires sacrifice, and, and the, the path that requires you being pushed out of your comfort zones, that requires change and sacrifice and being inconvenienced? 
Again, let me, let me put it in, in, in other terms. Why in the world would anyone ever choose spandex over sweatpants? I promise you, I'm going to connect this dot. I promise you. Who would ever choose spandex over sweatpants? You know what I mean? Like, do you remember when spandex came on the scene in the 80s? You got some 80s kids. Remember this? Some of, some of y'all bought this. Some of y'all still got this. And some of y'all, Gen, Gen Z's and Y, you, you guys are like, yo, that's, that's on point. That's like Stranger Things vibe right there, right? You're like, <laughs> some of, that's your Halloween costume for some of you. That's fine. Spandex were the absolutely worst thing given to humanity. Okay? Absolute worst. Absolute worst. Unless you are a professional athlete, okay? It, 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 with, with, with negative body fat, okay? Not even 1%, I mean negative, okay? And so unless you fall into that, you know, like 0.5% of the population, like there is nothing about spandex that, 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 that no one looks good in spandex, period, okay? No, no. Trick-or-treat tip number two. If you're looking for a last-minute costume at Target, you know, or Party City after church today, don't choose anything with spandex. My gift to you. Actually, it's your gift to your neighbor, okay? I mean, it's a bold choice, and you know I like bold choices, you know, but trust me, I love you enough to tell you spandex is not your friend. It was made to make you miserable. It was. It, it, it was. Raise your hand if, if you've ever tried on spandex. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some of y'all dudes were like, I ain't never tried on no spandex. Uh, ever put on Under Armour? Under Armour, right? Your base layer? Yeah, your cold gear? Yeah, spandex. Okay? Spandex. Right? Well, John, that's, that's, uh, that's just there to keep me warm. Yeah, so, so Kelly and I told you we... we, we uh, we ran the flying pig yesterday. Yes, we completed it. Made it to the ends. That's all. That was, that was it. Make it to the end, right? It, it was awesome to be back and running, you know, and, and this is the first time ever that Kelly and I, we trained together. We ran together. That was an awesome experience. Like, it, it was awesome. Like, we were running uh, all through downtown in Covington and Newport. It, it was just a great experience. And, and, but let me tell you a little something about before the race. So we've been training, right? We've been training for the last several weeks. And let's just, you know, a little, a little be honest. You know, I started to feel a little better. You know, start to eat a little different. Start to, start to exercise. Start to feel a little better. Jeans start to feel a certain, a little nicer. You know, start to, the, the belt buckle, you know, you got to tighten it one more loop. You're like, yeah, yo. When you make it past that first hole, you know, you know, go to hole number two. You're like, dang, I'm doing good. You know, like I'm starting to. I still got it, you know? I'm just going to be honest. That's what I thought. Man, you still got it. And then yesterday happened. <laughs> it's cold, a little rainy. So I assessed my, my running gear. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put on some Under Armour to stay warm. All right. And so I, I'm getting ready, and I've got my my spandex, my Under Armour on, you know, and I'm starting to feel good, like, yeah, it's race day, and then I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. 
Let me tell you something. I don't got it. <laughs> Why in the world would you ever put on anything that accentuates every little detail, every blemish, every roll, every saddlebag, every dimple that shouldn't be a dimple? Every little imperfection is put on display because of spandex. I had a great time running yesterday, but I am never letting my wife see me in spandex again. <laughs> I think the day that I look good in spandex is the day that I'm in heaven, okay? Think about this. You know when we get our new bodies and we're fully restored, right? You know, you know I'm going to have some hair again, right? Yeah, I'm going to be good. I'm going to look good. Uh, like, I'm going to be talking to David in heaven, like both of us just wearing spandex, bright neon colors too. Like, Hey! Some of y'all thinking about David and I in heaven in spandex right now. <laughs> Could you David's like, oh man, what are we doing? Oh man, what, what, if, uh, what if Jesus actually calls us to a life that, that is more like spandex than sweatpants? What if he actually doesn't want us to hide all of our stuff and all of our imperfections under the convenience and comfort of sweatpants? What if he wants our imperfections on display? What if he's calling us to an authentic life where things aren't hidden? What if he's calling us to a life of transparency that not only shows, you know, where we need him, but shows to the world with all of our imperfection, he still chooses me. He still accepts me. Even with all of my flaws and brokenness, he says you're worth dying for. What about that? What, what kind of message would that be to the world? But we choose, oh, I'm going to put on the oversized self so no one can see where I'm really. What with, if we said, no, I'm going to actually put all of my imperfections and blemishes so the world can see that he still calls me beautiful and strong and loved and redeemed and protected and powerful and free. How about that? What kind of, what kind of a kingdom message? Would, how much more would we share a, a message that was enticing, that was curious? If we just put it on display, why should we hide all of that? What if choosing the narrow path wasn't just about eternal significance, but more about what Jesus can do in, with, and through us right now, and to put it on full display? Listen, if, if you just have a perfect life and you show the world that you got a perfect life, what good news is that to everybody else who is struggling? What if we did choose spandex over sweatpants? I will not be responsible for the number of Amazon boxes that are coming to your house right now. Y'all are like, maybe y'all should try spandex. The pastor said it. It ain't that bad. I'm so sorry. You're welcome. Jesus says that this, this better way, this, uh, the path of spandex, the he says that this way is the road that few come down, that few choose. It is the road less traveled. He says that this way, uh, it, it's less traveled. It, it's not easy. It, it's not hard to know which path to go down, but it's it just saying that 
it comes with some challenges. In John 16, he says it this way, verse 33, he says, I have told you all of these things that you, you may have peace in me, in Jesus. He, he says that here on earth you will have many, many struggles, many trials and sorrows, but take heart, have courage, because I have overcome the world. He says you're going to have struggles in this life. Life is going to be hard, but Jesus says that those who, who follow me, who trust in me, you can find peace in the middle of your storm. He doesn't stop the storm. He offers you shelter in the storm. He offers you rest when you are weary. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and what? I will give you rest. As you're taking this road less traveled, I know it's going to be hard. I will give you rest along the way. I know few choose it, but trust me, along the way, you can lay down your burdens to me and I will pick them up so you don't have to. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Stop letting the world teach you. Let me teach you. I am humble and gentle at heart and, and, and you will find rest for your soul. How many of you want rest for your soul? Then choose a different path. If you want something different, you're going to have to do something different. Jesus says, hey, my yoke is easy to bear. What I give you, my peace, my grace, the mercy that I lay upon you, the burden that I give you is light. There is a road less traveled because many people think that this way is too hard. They, 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 they just don't know that Jesus actually makes the impossible possible. He, he, he takes our burdens and replaces them with his resting grace. He gives us our life back. He teaches us to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. For some, they don't choose this path because they're si they've simply never seen a Jesus worth following. They've only ever, you know, you know seen a Jesus or, or been beaten up by, by, by a religion, a religious people. And so they want nothing to do with this so-called better way, the other way. What Jesus have you been showing people? Maybe for you, what has stopped you from taking this road less traveled? We've all got places in our life where we're not kind of like continuing down the path, you know? Some have, have, have never started, and then there's others that just kind of pulled off to the side of the road and broke down. Or you veered off path. In the Gospel of John, chapter 10, we find Jesus, he's talking to people, you know, and to some folks who have veered off course. These are the super religious people. And Jesus says this, verse 7, he says, Very truly I tell you, um, I am the gate for the sheep. Think, think about who he's talking to. I am the gate for the sheep. And all who have come before me are thieves. Remember who his audience is. Are thieves and robbers, but the sheep haven't listened to them. But I am the gate. 
Whoever enters through me will be saved. They'll come and go as they please and find good pasture. And the thief, he comes only to what? To steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is not winning any brownie points right here. Okay? In one breath, he has lumped the super-religious know-it-alls and the enemy into one category that says anyone who isn't me is a thief who is going to lead people to destruction. Jesus is the one true gate. Everyone or everything else leads to, to destruction that is the wrong gate. Right? You ever been, you ever been at the wrong gate? <laughs> My son's the only honest one. You're welcome, buddy. I love you. Uh, several years ago, uh, man, I, I was flying back uh, uh, from Seattle to Cleveland, all right, and I, I had a layover in Chicago. And I'm in Chicago. My next flight doesn't take off for two hours, right? And so I'm like, okay, what am I going to do for two hours? Like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. All right, so I'm going to go to my gate. All right, so I go to the board. All right, there's my gate. Okay, I go to a great gate. Uh, I plug my phone in. I sit by the, by the jet bridge, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to set my alarm just in case, but I'm going to go to sleep, and obviously I'll wake up when, you know, they start boarding. Great. So uh, an hour and a half later, my alarm's going off. I'm like, ah, you, you, you know that moment when you wake up? Some of you had it this morning because you were late to church, and you were like, ah, the panic is just filling your body, right? And you're like, oh, my gosh. And I woke up, and nobody was around me completely alone. I'm freaking out, right? Like there is no boarding happening. There's nothing happening around me. I'm, I'm literally like bag plugging in. So like, and some beautiful young lady, you know, just so, so kind. She's just like, honey, where are you trying to get to? And I was like, I'm trying to get to Cleveland. She's like, oh, there's only one gate to Cleveland and this ain't it. <laughs> So in my exhaustion, I must have looked at the board wrong, gone to the wrong gate, all that stuff. So where's the gate? Of course, it's all the way on the other side of the terminal. And so I'm hauling butt, and I'm just running. Yeah, I was that guy, right? We've all seen that guy in the terminal, like that fool running. And you're always like, who is this fool? And we make fun of him. Yeah, that was me. All right? Just booking it all the way down, trying to make it to my... Are you at the right gate? Or are you asleep at the wrong one, thinking it's the right one? Listen, your gate determines your destination. Real simple. There's only one gate that leads to life. There's a lot that lead to death and destruction, both in this life and the next. And just so we're all on the same page, because, you know, all three people, groups are in the, in the room, um, the order of this text is important. The gate comes before the path. Remember, what's he lead with? Enter through the narrow gate. Small is the gate, narrow is the road that leads to life. You get this out of order, that's where you try to think you can earn your way. You know, if I just walk the straight and narrow life, then I'll make my way to Jesus and have the gift of salvation and abundant life is only through a faith decision made in Jesus when we claim him as Lord and leader of our lives. You can't earn it. You can't live a good enough, good enough life to get the medal. 
It's an undeserved gift found only in Jesus. And then he leads us to a life of fulfillment and purpose and peace and joy and a path that brings healing and hope to heaven, heaven to earth in our lives and communities and families right now. That is the road less traveled. That's the gate few choose. What gate are you at right now? Like, really? Like, like there's lots of gates to choose from. Which one are you at? Are you, are you at the right gate or the, or the wrong gate, you know, asleep? Are you at the gate that, that is making you all sorts of promises, you know, promises that don't deliver? Don't act like you're not sitting here. We all got it. Like, are you at the gate of porn? Statistics show that three-fourths of the room, uh, if, you're, if you're male, you are. Numbers are numbers. Are, are, are you at the gate of pills? Numbers are numbers. There's a reason why the opioid numbers are up, especially among the wealthy. Don't think it's those people problems. Are you at the gate of popularity? Are you at the gate of judgment and self-righteousness and and, and always being right? Are you at the gate of of success or or trying to to just get out there and have as much sex as you can? Are are you at the gate of money and, and getting more stuff? Like, I promise you, I have tried all of these gates and none of these gates will quench the thirst of your soul. I mean, don't hear what I'm not saying. You're going to have some fun along the way. Like, you don't, you're like, so is it okay to laugh at that? Like, keep it real. Like, let, I'm not, like, come on. You're going to have some fun along the way if you choose the wrong gate. If it wasn't, you wouldn't choose it. Okay? Cocaine and whiskey will give you a rush. It will. Okay? Some of you are like, oh, man. Like, oh, come on, Jeff. They, they just don't know. Right? Let's just, they don't know. All right? Come on, man. Wake up. We got to call this stuff out. We all got stuff. We're all hanging out at wrong gates throughout our lives. At no point in our life do we suddenly go, yep, I'm perfect. No point. This side of heaven. I hope you hear my heart. Here's the deal. There there are some gates that will bring hell to your life and you to hell. There is a gate named Jesus that brings heaven to your life and you to heaven. And I love you enough to keep it real and not sugarcoat it. I want you to feel the goodness of God more than I want you to feel good. I want life for you. <laughs> you know, I just wish you could, like, check the inbox of, like, David and I. So, so you could kind of feel the burdens of us.
let alone the community that hasn't made their way to a, a faith in Jesus. The, the inbox is filled with the people who are already here. <laughs> Stuff. Choosing wrong gates. I want you to experience life and not death. Now. Now. I'm just worried that too many of us are just asleep at the wrong gate. Asleep at the wheel thinking we were heading the right way. I want us to experience the abundance of life that comes with Jesus. Yes, it does require sacrifice. Yes, it, it, it means sacrifice of preference and, and requires exposing all of our flaws and imperfections. It, it, it requires us to stop hiding our brokenness. It requires, the, you know, the spandex over sweatpants. But a life committed to Jesus as Lord and leader, it changes everything, friends. Everything. And some of you are here today because you made a decision to claim him as Savior, but you're still struggling because you haven't claimed him as Lord. I want you to know that love and peace that overwhelms you even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the mistake, even in the midst of, there's, when you're under his lordship, yes, it requires sacrifice, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. I want that for you. I want you to understand how he brings dead things back to life in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances, in just your being. Jesus says, I am the gate, I am the way, I am the truth. You don't get to the Father except through me. What will you do with Jesus? Today. Now. Right now. We're all on a path. What will you today choose? Will you choose spandex or sweatpants? Will you choose to be the few or the many? Which gate will you choose? We started today, and we were talking about how, uh, you know, in this section of Scripture, Jesus is all drawing us to, like, this, this line in the sand saying, like, are you in or are you out? And so today, uh, of all days, is Halloween, you know, um, the day when millions of people all over the nation are, are dressing up and choosing who to be. Who do you want to be? Are you in or out? Lord and Savior? So I'm going to pray in a moment, all right? Um, and I'm just going to ask a couple things um, as we pray. I'm going to, I'm going to say it now, and I'll say it again, just so you 
You got it. If you've been following Jesus for a while, and many, many of you sitting here or in the room and online, you, you kind of, this is your category, like, all right, I've been following Jesus, and, 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 and you find yourself maybe asleep at the wrong gate. There's some area of your life where you've drifted away, and it's time to course correct. If this is you, uh, in a moment, I'm just going to invite you to stand. And we're going to pray with you. Your, your strength and your stand is, I will stand and say, today I choose Jesus, the gate. I'm getting my life back on course today. I'm choosing accountability. I'm choosing correction, discipleship. Today I'm choosing Jesus. Uh, for others, you're in the room and, and maybe you, you came with a friend. They were like, oh, it's a not spooky Halloween. So bring your, will you come and bring your kids? And you're here because you brought your kids. And you're like, I really don't like being at church. But something's been stirring inside you today. And there's this, you, you've never actually made the decision that, that Jesus, I choose you as Lord and leader. I've chosen lots of other gates. I've gone to lots of other wells trying to quench this thirst, and you're still thirsty because you've been putting your, your bucket in the wrong well. Like, will you choose Jesus today? Maybe you're here today and you've never chosen Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then in a moment, I'm just going to ask you to stand, and we will pray with you. And then I will ask all of us to stand as one body of believers to stand if you would choose to say, I am in this fight with you. I will come alongside of those who have already stood and say, you're not alone in this battle. So that's, that, that's what's going to happen here in like 24 seconds. Search your heart. Find in me any imperfection, anything that offends you, God. What will you do with Jesus? Jesus says, I am the gate, I am the truth, I am the way. The choice is yours. So, Father, we come before you right now. And, Father, I just first and foremost, I thank you. I thank you for one more day. I thank you for everything. Father, I, I have felt your spirit moving throughout this entire service, and so I know you're up to something, and I don't know what it is. If it's for the one or if it's for the many, we don't care, Jesus. We, this is yours. And so, Jesus, right now, I ask that your spirit just stirs. I ask that you just move in a way that only you can move. And so right now, Jesus, I am asking that you will move in your people. Those people who have, who have already made the decision to follow you. 
but they have strayed off course. They've, they've been asleep at other gates. Father, will you move in your people that if that is them, that you will inspire them to stand right now? Those who have drifted, will you move in them? Father, overwhelm those standing right now with your love and your presence. Overwhelm them with your goodness and your mercy. Redeem their heart. Restore their mind. Unleash the shackles of shame and guilt and regret and replace it with redemption and restoration with peace. Let peace flow throughout them in a way that doesn't make any sense. Overwhelm them with your goodness and your mercy, Jesus. Father, right now for that person that, that if, They've never chosen you as Lord and leader, Father. Inspire them to stand right now to say, today I choose Jesus. I'm letting go of the past. I'm not going to let it define me. I'm choosing the one true way, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If that's you, I just want you to say this with me. Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm turning from my old life. And I'm choosing you as Lord and leader of my life and my heart. And all of heaven rejoices. And Father, for your church, the bride, for all the brothers and sisters that are here today, just move in them if they are willing to stand and come alongside these people who are standing to say, you are not alone. To stand and say, united as a community, we will move forth with an army of love surrounding you and saying, we are with you and we are for you and you are not in this fight alone. Father, as one community, as one people standing right now before you, we say we love you. We love you and we need you. We are desperate for you, Jesus. Heal our hearts, Jesus. Heal our minds, Jesus. Help us to choose you every day. Help us to invite others in to help us every day. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that through you, all of our sin, all of our stuff, all of our past is washed away because of your blood that was shed on the cross, all of our imperfections, all of the sin, it is covered by your blood. We are seen as new. We are seen as a royal priesthood because of you and what you did on that cross. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for what you did for us. We thank you that we are no longer defined by our past, but we find now a hope and a future now and for all eternity, a hope 
that restores and changes everything. Father, we love you. It is in your name that all God's people said, amen. So you stay standing. And right now, I just want you to put a praise on that for all those who stood. Praise God.